Good evening. We'll start the shir now. We'll start off with saying Tehillim, particularly uh, for Sarah Hinda, Baschana Chaimushka, for Shlema, Vasech Shorcheli Yisrael. We'll start with the capital Chof, and then we'll put in some Stoka, and then we'll start the shir. Ashe Hoi M. Slamna Sechmis with David, Yancho Adenabi M. Soro, Isagev Hoshema, Hey Yakak, Ishnachesra from the Kodesh, Messini Sadeko. Is Ker Kalmin Hisecha, Veroscho Yudashna Sello, Itin Lachel Vavecha, Vahonasosho Yamale, Verana Nabisho Secho, Vashemelahin and Nidgel, Yamale Adino Kalmishali Secho, Ata Yodati, Hishia Adino Shiko, Yane Mishme Kotshoi, Begurus Yesha Yuminoi, Ela Varecha, Vela Vasusim, Nachno Shem Adino Hinanaskir, He Makoro Oven Apollo, Vanachno Kamno Vanisipidod, Adino Hishio Hamelchiane, Vim Koreno. Okay, so let's come to our shear. And the first question we want to deal with is about Rabbeinu Tamas Tefillin, Rashi's and Rabbeinu Tamas Tefillin. And we have a Loshan, uh, on the right you have a Loshan of the Altar Eben. Before we read the Loshan of the Altar Eben. The, the, the Apostle says, that the tefillin should be between your eyes. And we know that the Tzidoikim, they took this literally, and they would have that tefillin between their eyes. And the halacha is not like that. Chazal learned from Psukim, just like by Korcha, the issue of ripping out your hair in grief. It says, And so you can't rip out hair on the forehead or in the, over here with the bridge of the nose because it's not a mockim where hair grows uh, in abundance. Therefore, we understand that the mockim had fill in bein enecho is on the, above the hairline. So it's bein enecho. But exactly how, where the, 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 to be mamish on the center, that doesn't have a strong source in, in, in halacha. There is actually very interesting. In the Lavush, he says that the, the kesher of tefillin, there's a Loshan Chazal neged bein einecho. Now, it's a bit, might be a bit surprising, but if you actually, if you take, look at a person standing here, it's erect, the top of the neck, where the neck meets the skull, where the kesher rosh is, is the same level as your eyes. Your eyes are in the uh, halfway, half the size of the skull, of the, of the head, from the from the chin till this till the top of the skull, halfway that's where the eyes are, and the top of the neck is actually level to bein enecho. So it's neged bein enecho. So the levush says mamish neged bein enecho. That's but still that's that's talking about the height, and that's talking about the kesher, about the the placement of the film. They have to be mamish in the middle, not a little bit to this to one side. Is not so evident. To the point that you have a famous shiva from the Tzanzarov in Divrei Chaim, where he says that people who use a mirror to see that the tefillin should be in the middle, is, is he says it's boirus, it's an ignorant behavior. And he supports this because it says in Gemara when Arabi, we had it not known, it was a mocking yesh berosli tefillin. So this place for two tefillin. So he understood that the two tefillin are side by side. Obviously, we uh, generally follow it the other way around. There's one behind the other. 
but it's not so strongly evident. There's also strong evidence that the tefillin have to be in the center. And here we have the, the Alter Rebbe has a lotion that emphasizing the tefillin have to be in the center. So let's read this inside. This is the lotion of the Siddur. It's not in the Shukhnoruch, it's in the Siddur, which the Alter Rebbe published uh, in his lifetime. And it has a lot of chidushet in him. What's the proof that the tefillin have to be mamish in the middle? Because it says in Pasuk. Sorry, it says in Gemorah. The two parashas of Kaddish V'yach have to be on the right side. And the two parashas of Shema V'hoi V'shemayon should be on the left side. Of it fill in the Rashi, Shapashis Kasidron, in the Tfil in the Rashi, the way the Pashas are, in the order as they are appearing in Torah, not like Rabbeinu Tam, which we'll discuss in a moment. Ein bein yamin lismoil elamashu. There's only a, a, a mamashi fraction of space between the left and the right. The Hainu, what is the gap between left and right? Hacharitz, the groove in the, in the compartments of the Tfilin, Shebein Vahoya Kiviachal Ishma. Therefore, one has to be very careful. So let's take a look at the diagram, which I managed to um, borrow from some safer. And so we've got here a, a diagram showing the four parts of a tefillin. Now, just to clarify, we've got those arrows at the top. etc. When we talk about from right to left, we are following not the wearer, the right of the wearer, but the, the right of the one who's looking opposite, from, from opposite. So, Kadesh, so this is the, the if you're looking at the, the, the tefillin, so you'll see Kadesh first, and then Vohoyo Kiyaviyach. Then, according to Rashi, it then goes on to Shema, and then it goes to Vohoyo Mishamoya. Rabbeinu Tam says, Kadesh Vahoya Kiviyachi agrees with Rashi, but then Shema and then Vahoya Shema is the outer parsha, and Vahoya Shemoya is the inner one. So if you'd go in, in sequence, it'd go, it'd be one, two, four, three. Whereas in Kudrashi, in the sequence as they appear in Torah, Kadesh Vahoya Kiviyacho is in Parsha's boy, and then Shema is in Parsha's voice, Chanan, Vahoya Shemoya is Parsha's Akev. So it's in the sequence as it appears in Torah. So now the Alter Rebbe is looking at, at Rashi's tefillin and he's saying we must say that the space which you have, the, 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 the tefillin have to be mamish in the, in, in the, in the center. Why? So I, I'd written this and someone, I want to clarify because it seems to be misunderstood. When we have this Loshan, mi min and mismoil, what does the word mi min mean? It can, it's actually a bit ambiguous, and I, I believe that is the machloikas between Rasha and Benetam. Mi min can mean on the right or from the right. And mismoil can mean on the left or from the left. And Rashi says, mi min means these two parashas are on the right. Kadesh v'hoyo are on the right. Shema v'hoyim shemaya are on the left. Now the distance between your right and your left is a fraction. If these two parashas have to be on the right of the person, and these two parashas have to be on the left of the person, 
So what space do you have to play with? You only have the thickness of the uh, of the leather, so to speak, which is and, and the and the groove really. Al Talib says the charitz, the groove which is between the two, which is mamish halavai. It would be a, 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 even a millimeter. It's, it's it's less. It's a fraction. Okay. I call upon him not going into the thickness of the leather, but at least the parishes. The Sand Al Talib talks about the charitz, but the parishes these have to be on the right. Rabbeinu Tam says shmavoyim shemoya. He says we'll go. We're going to start from now. Let's read. Kadesh mimin from the right. We'll start from the right and then we'll proceed inwards. Shmavoyim shemoya mismoil. We start from the left and proceed inwards. So could Rabbeinu Tam, with so long as the Shema has started on the left. It's not imperative, evidently, that Rehoyim Shemoya has to be on the right or on the left of the person. It can, so long as you started, the Shema has been has started on the left, and Kaddish has started on the right, so then, then you're good. So that's what the Alter Rebbe is saying, that the evidence that the Tefillin have to be Mamish Be'emtsa is particularly according to Rashi. That's what he says, Be'tfilin the Rashi. According to this, it would follow that it's not so vital in Rabbeinu Tams to have them be emtza. It doesn't have to be broadly, but the, 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 uh, to be so fussy about this, maybe there's room for a bit, a bit of leniency. Having said that, having understood the difference between Rashi Rabbeinu Tam and the evidence, but then we have this story of the Alter Rebbe when he was, he was, uh, in, when he was in, in, arrested. And he, when the Alter Rebbe came to the Cancelleria, he came into some of the office, the chancellor, 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 I do you call it, chancellery. Um, they started laughing because people had the accusation of the altar against the altar ever was that he's trying to be a, uh, take place, overthrow the czar. And they saw this, uh, this, uh, you know, fine, uh, uh, <laughs> Haley Kayyid <laughs> didn't have any, didn't look anything like a person designing to take over the, uh, the, the king, the czar. Then he says the following. He had in his hand, he had his, his talisman film. As he's in, the, he's, he's in the office there, he started putting Rabbeinu Tams. When he put on this, this head filling, he bit in a decal for a silver napushka. And he took out from his talisman bag, he had the lid of a silver uh, box, a silver snuff box. He just checked to see that his tefillin are, the tefillin are, uh, are accurately in the middle. But not a reish lekano lekano, he looked this way and that way. The people were so entranced, whoever was standing couldn't sit, those who couldn't sit, were sitting couldn't stand. Says, the nations of their world will see the Eden wearing the tefillin and they will be, be um, uh, taken over by fear. They'll stand like a, like a bottle. They become like jelly. So a couple of, just to add to the story, um, number one is, what's this lid? So there's a story of a chosid who wanted to give the Alter Rebbe a gift. So he gave him a, a snuff box. And the Alter Rebbe would always speak in a sing song. 
There's one organ of a person which doesn't have a drive, doesn't have a passion. I must smell this. You don't have, you're hungry, you, have a, you, want, you want to taste food, you want to look at things, but the, the, the nose doesn't have a passion. I want to smell things. You enjoy it when it comes, but it's not as if you have a drive for it. So the Alta Rebbe says, one well, little organ of a person, and now you want to stuff that one also with a pataiva. So he didn't want to use a snuff box. So then he took the lid, he pulled out the bar of the hinge, and he used the lid of the snuff box to use it as to, to keep his film, to check on his film. But the Chiddush is, this story is mentioned in Kutasichas, but here in the Rishimis, it says it was Rabbeinu Tam's film, which is not so well known. But just I'm bringing this story to show that the Alter Rebbe, despite the Lomdas, which you just said, he was particular with the Rabbeinu Tam's also, that they should be dafka in the middle. Then there's also another piece of information about this story, that when the Chassidim asked the Alter Rebbe, why is it that we wear the tefillin and we don't see that this has this amazing effect on the Goyim around us? The Alter Rebbe says, the Loshan of the Gemara is, it doesn't tefillin say tefillin she'al ha'reish, it's tefillin she'beresh, the tefillin which are in the head. So if the tefillin are just a superficial thing, it may not have this effect. When it's when it's beresh, which is in the head, so then it becomes part of you and it has that tremendous effect. So meanwhile, so just to summarize this point, that there is in Lomdus the proof that the tefillin have to be mamish in the middle to the point of having of using a mirror to see that it's in the middle. That is um, particularly from Rashi's film, but Lamaisa, we also are noyhik to be medayik, in particular, uh, also in Rabbeinu terms, they should be in the middle, as we see the story of the Alter Rebbe. Let's go on. Let's go on to our next point, and that is, okay, someone, um, I was checking a piece of uh, an article, and it came up this week about the, the article is actually on Chabad.org, uh, they have a whole series on the Lamates Malochas. So now they're on for Koisev and Moichik, the Malocha of writing and the Malocha of erasing. So as a practical example, it came up about, about uh, eating biscuits or food, chocolate, let's say, which has writing on it. And just to tell you what, what caught my attention, that the, the article had, the writer had written that to break a biscuit with your fingers is uh, which has got writing it shouldn't be done but to put the whole thing in your mouth uh, with the writing is okay and this he's quoting from Rav Forkash Rav Forkash has got a safer a series now a force for him Shabbos Kahalocha in volume three that's his conclusion he's basing upon Rav Chaim Noah but I'd like to go through this carefully and so let's go first through the Shukhan Aruch. This is in Simon Sheen Mem. That Sif Gimel, it talks about erasing uh, ink from a parchment. And then in the Rashi writing, that's the Ramo. Says the Ramo, also Lishbeir Ugois. You're not allowed to break on Shabbos, you're not allowed to break cookies. She Kesuvois Olov, Kemin Oisis, which have writing on it. Even though you're just interested in eating, it's a form of erasing. You're erasing by eating, by, by breaking the cookie with the writing, you're erasing. This is the Ramo. This source is in the Mordechai, which I think is in the name of Marami Rutenburg. And 
it, it seems to be related, I may have mentioned it not too long ago, where they would do the hachnosel cheder, and they would do it on Shavuos, and it was the issue of giving the children, you know, when you bring a children to the cheder, they have psukim on the, on the cake, and so it came up, they're bringing the children to the hachnosel cheder on, uh, on Shavuos, and they're giving the children the cakes which have got the writing on it. But meanwhile, that's, well, are you interested in the writing or not? So meanwhile, Maram Rutenburg is saying, that Ramo is saying, you shouldn't break a cookie, even though you're just interested in eating. To explain, with the children, they have a kavona that the child should eat a cake which has a shtigl posuk. So there's a kavona, psasgula, to have that, that posuk on the cake. Um, but here it could be stamped. Now he says, even you should, you're not interested in the writing. And he still, he says, it's moichik, by erasing the writing. So we have the mlochem natoira is, um, the Mlochim in Atoira is Moichik Almanas Lichtoiv to clear space to write. And then Moichik Shaloy Almanas Lichtoiv to erase with no intention of writing is obviously not awesome in Atoira. But here that he says the Maramos says it's awesome in Rabbah. We go then further. Then the next thing beneath that is a quote from the Mogan Avram. He is quoting from Marash Halevi. He says like this. The objection is only when the material of the script is a different material to the cookie, like icing on a cake. But if the writing is part and parcel of the material of the cake itself, in other words, engraved or embossed, Makes no difference. Bitfus Important point. Bitfus, which means you're using a, a a mold to bang on it, and that creates probably engraved. Oibiodaim. You can perhaps, perhaps pinch it to create a, a uh, letters. Shori. He says says the Mogen from the Marash Alevi. That's okay. It's not. That's not a problem. That's why people do eat on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Cookies which have got designs which have pictures. Before we go further, what's stronger, Asis Hakike or Asis Aksive? Engraved lettering or writing with ink? So we learn in Chsidis, we can't come to the Luchas, that Asis Hakike is a stronger writing than Asis Aksive. So how can you come up with a svara to say that engraved letters in the cookie is less than, than, than if they were written with, with icing, with a, with a different material? And the explanation is poshut. I agree that engraved writing is a stronger form of writing. But we're not talking about koisi, we're talking about moichik. And we're saying if you're allowed to eat the cookies, and then person will say, see, oh, well, I erase this writing, you might come to erase other writing. The temptation, the likelihood of erasing oisius haksiva is much closer than coming to erase oisius hachakika. So that could be the svara which he's saying of, for what he's saying here. That because, yeah, we, 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 we're saying don't eat the icing on a cookie. The writing on, 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 a, on a cake because it's moichik. No, if there's icing which says on it with, with chocolate icing on a white surface, let's say, there's more of a concern 
of moichik. It looks more like moichik to to uh, to um, rewrite on the surface. In grave letters, it's less likely. Possibly, might be other svaras. Be that as it may, this is the shukhan, This is the Ramor, This is the Moganavra. Lower down, for me, it's a bit of a struggle to read. I hope you can. It's in the Shulchan Aruch, we have the on the margin, we have comments from the Noida Behuda, and his comments are under the name Dogul Mirvav. He's gotten various parts of Shulchan Aruch. And so he writes the following, it's part of a long note, but this is the part which I want to focus on. He brings various Haterim for eating these cookies, and he introduces a new concept. If you're not breaking the cookie with your fingers, with your hands, you're just putting it in your mouth and eating it, so that's for sure should be okay, should be permitted. Because it's erasing with no intention of writing. So he says that's okay. He has a whole discussion earlier where the psikresha applies by Isha the Rabbonon. Let's not get into it. So meanwhile, we've seen here that Amor says not to break the cookies when you're eating them. The Bogdavron brings us to differentiate between Oisius HaKikir and Oisius HaKsiva. The Noide Behudo in Dogel Mervovo, he introduces if you're eating it, it's okay. All right, let's now move over to the Alter Rebbe's Shukhanar. This is also in Simashid Mem, so that's on the left of the The Alter Rebbe writes, Erasing with no intention of writing is also also midrabonon. That's why you're not allowed to break a piece of cake, which has got right letter on you, letters on it. Even though you're just not interested in writing, you just want to eat. Then he says, I'll move a little in a tunic and give it to a child because the child is doing it. Also, you don't have to be mafish. Okay. So what's what's um, what is, is is very remarkable. The Altarebbe has a general policy, which we could say he saw himself as a malachate to a large degree, to collate the poskim before him, the words of the poskim before him, particularly we know that he had a special um, respect for the Mogan Avron. So he writes the words almost verbatim of the Ramo. We have a problem of breaking the Ugo, the cookie, which, um, and you're, you're eating it with the writing. So it's a Drabonon. Then he doesn't mention that there's a difference between engraved writing or not engraved writing. So he's ignored that 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 uh, that change that comment of the Morgan Avram has been ignored by the, the Alter Rebbe. So I'm sure many of those who are listening know uh, the Rosh Hashiva in Melbourne called Rebbe Yomin Cohen. So when he was a young man, so he was analyzing this halacha, and he wrote up a svara the fact that the Alter Rebbe doesn't bring the distinction between engraved lettering. Or, uh, or or a separate, you know, with, with the ink, with the, with the icing, is a proof that the Alter Rebbe disagrees and rejects this distinction. He wrote it into the Rebbe. And now on the lower part of this page, 
on the screen. You can see here, this is a quote from Rabbi Cohen's Kuntras Yismach Yisrael, where he writes this down. And he had mentioned this to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe And the Rebbe answers him, The Yalta Rebbe is almost word for word from the Ramo. Now, this is the very surprising piece. There's numerous places. There are many places where the Taz, the Mogadavrom, the classic commentaries on the Shekhanoruch, they make distinctions. And the Alter Rebbe doesn't quote their distinctions. But Soruch Iyun Godel Haklolin Ba'atayim in Bozer. Look at that. The Rebbe says, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled, perhaps. I don't know what are the rules, uh, what's the reasons. But if the Rebbe rejects this kind of approach, that because the Alter Rebbe didn't bring it, is that I doesn't agree. So it could be, even though the Alter Rebbe doesn't bring the distinction between engraved or or not could be he does agree with it he, perhaps he does it does go along with it that that's that's as far as we can read in shim shim then problem is though that this comes up in those who have recently learned gemara psochim we'll know that there's a discussion in gemara psochim about making matzis and there was a question of making designs on the matzis and there's also he brought in al-trebbe shikhanaruch and simitof nun ches there used to be a minhig of making a, 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 a mark on the matzah. This is the Koyan matzah, this is the Levi matzah, and this is the Yisrael matzah. They'd have markings on the matzahs. Now the Rebbe talks about it, and he says that don't make those markings with letters. Because, uh, because it's then there's going to be an issue of eating the matzahs. Going to be, all right. So, we, so there we see, although the matzahs is obviously engraved writing, and he still has a problem with it. So although from Shin Mem is not so evident. All right. So he, the Alter Rebbe looks like from Hilchus Pesach that he holds that, that the distinction of engraved writing or not engraved writing makes no difference. So then we have what's the other heter. So we just said that the Nehdebi Huda says there's a difference whether you're eating or not. Okay, so now let's go on to our next quote. Okay. Um, here in Simen Shin Mem Gimel, it's talking about chinuch and giving a child non-kosher food. And the Alter Rebbe opens Sif Yudin saying that is only about food or other Isurim. Uh, if it's an Isur like Chomets and Pesach, which is an Isur of food, which has got to do with you are allowed to give a child something which he would do a melocha with. And he says an example. He says you're not allowed to eat it on Shabbos. So whereas in Shimem Gimel he had said but here it says and I looked up the Mordechai where the whole source, the source of this whole thing says he talks about so although the Ramor uses the words of Lishbe, of breaking, but we're seeing 
earlier and later that the isur is it doesn't matter whether it's breaking before eating or during or or, or eating it putting it in your mouth there doesn't seem to be a difference at least according to the Alter Rebbe again the Noida Behuda does make that distinction and the, the Mishnah Brura therefore follows him but the Alter Rebbe doesn't seem to buy that distinction so what what we're remaining with is that we would not make a difference between Oysis Achikah or not. We wouldn't make a difference between his Derech Achila or not. And actually, I, I don't see any logic at all. I actually wrote to Rav Forkash, and he apologized that it's 10 years ago since he wrote this uh, piece of Halacha. Give me an explanation. What's the difference? If, if the Altarebbe does not bring the, the, the Noida Behuda, what's the difference whether I, I break the cookie in my mouth or out of my mouth? I don't see any difference. If we, and on the contrary, you could, if you put that piece of chocolate in your mouth, it's got written on it, Kamil Gloch, and then it's engraved, yeah? Engraved in post, doesn't matter. Then you take it out after, and, 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 and Kamil Bloch is, has gone, uh, so uh, you see, so you've erased the writing and then you now got a blank piece of chocolate. Koponim, I don't see any, uh, and actually the, I, I would like to just add, which I've given you a reference to on the sheet, that you also have another very great Talmud Chochem in Lubavitch by the name of Rebero Levin. He published a series of svarim, two svar, two svarim called Shiure Halocha Lamaisa, and he goes through this. He's the uh, you know the editor of the new edition of the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, and uh, he goes through this and he comes to the same conclusion. There's no difference between eating. Of course, there are other poskim, but we're talking about the uh, Rebbe. I don't see any difference between writing on a um, piece of chocolate that you put in your mouth at once, or or uh, or a biscuit which you break in your hand. Okay. Um, I once had how much I want to share with you. Someone's writing about raw poskim. I had once a bit of a, a challenge from Rabbi Yossel Padres as I he said to me, he asked me, how come that Lubavitch Paskin like the Alter Rebbe, sometimes it's against Rav Poskim. So the Alter Rebbe is a Das Yochid. So how do you Paskin like a Das Yochid and like an individual against the majority? So he said, he's a Yochid, but there's a Rabim, there's a Rabim who are dependent upon him. He, he, uh, he, he quoted it afterwards, he liked it. Okay, let's go on to our next question. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting question. A family, this, this is a question from someone overseas. They're going on holiday and they found a place, a nice cottage, which has an open air swimming pool. And they, uh, from family, so they're not going to have a, a mixed men and women's session, a swimming session. They're going to have separate times. The men will swim separately. The women will swim separately. The girls, whatever. The only problem is because it's an open air pool, well, there's a neighbor. There's a neighbor and he says to the neighbor, actually, in my last conversation, I didn't give him an answer in a, in a rush because it's a, a grace of Kiddush here. He says a neighbor could look with a pair of binoculars. <laughs> it's not like a neighbor from the, you know, two floors up. He's, so far, the neighbor so far, if he would look through binoculars, he'll be able to see um, more detail. So what is the question here? I'm doing, I'm going, I'm, I want to have, I want to have a, uh, I want to go swimming in my own pool, in my own premises, and there may be someone snooping on me. Am I allow, I, am I exposing myself 
um, or, or, you know, legitimately, or is it wrong what I'm doing? That's really the question. So I uh, looked around, and this is what I found. Actually, there's a few sforim which are specialized on holiday making. There's a sefer called Vahibin Soya. There's a sefer called Ahalich Bamitecho. There's a, a, another one. I, I have a couple of sforim, the one in Shul. They don't comment on this. It's interesting. They don't make any comment. I mean, I was in Italy, and I was driving up the coast from the Astrogin place till the airport. Hadn't been in Mikva for a couple of days. We stopped off, and we used the sea. Um, well, how... What are the parameters for such a thing? So there we go. So here we have the only place I could find was in the Dinam of Besakisse in uh, in Simon Gimel, It's all the same. All, there's not, no, not much difference. If a person um, is relieving himself in a Mokim Megula, in an exposed place, so has to be so distant he should be so distant that, so that someone else should not see his being exposed. That which he reveals when he needs to relieve himself. But he doesn't have to be totally out of sight. So what we're seeing here is that there is a degree of exposure which is permitted in the, in the circumstances. The fact that someone from far away could see a general profile but not see detail that seems to be acceptable so i think certainly the story with uh, the fellow being able to see only with a binoculars i think that's i don't, I don't think that's that's a reason not to uh, use the, the, the swimming pool in this case okay um Someone mentions about the Midrashim about David and Bathsheba. I want to share with you, since you mentioned that, it says, I think, the Zohar. Says the Zohar that David was like the court jester. He had said, test me. And the Ebrister said to him, it's not a good idea. Don't expose yourself to be tested. So the Ebrister sent him a test. So David, he thinks like this. If I will withstand the test, I will be right and Hashem will be wrong. So instead, he succumbs and he fails the test that Hashem should be right and he should be wrong. The whole, and, and we know the story in the Gemara says, because there was a get in, there was a get in place. There wasn't a, an act of adultery, but it was still obviously immoral, etc. So he says, not, I, didn't, I didn't violate someone else's wife, because there was a get in place. That you that you should be right and I should be wrong. And it says David He was like the court jester. And so I call upon him. That was a side comment. Let's go on. So someone asked me a question. Again, I don't remember where it was from, but is there a preference? Actually, it was from France. Um, is there a preference to have 
a haircut from a Yiddish barber. So even in Stamford Hill, there's a shortage of Jewish barbers. Baruch Hashem, one of actually, one of our Ingalite has, does offer this service. So if someone wants to have a haircut in Stamford Hill, ask me separately and I'll uh, introduce you to our uh, Ingeman who, who is happy to do it for you. Okay, so now this is a quote from the Nite Gavriel. He has a whole safer about Opshev. So he says, Min Haddin, you are allowed to have a haircut by a Goy, but according to Kabbalah, one shouldn't have a haircut by a Goy Shababa because it removes from him the Tselem Alekim. I don't understand what those words mean, but that's okay because it's from Kabbalah. And I don't purport to understand everything about Kabbalah. He quotes here from the Kafachaim, quoting from the Mishnah's Chassidim. Mishnah's Chassidim was one of the, like a, uh, a macabre, not direct, he was like a, should we say, an enikul or enikul, so to speak, of the Arizal, and the Alter Rebbe has very, he, he sees the Mishnah's Chassidim, he says, Alter Rebbe has a, is quoted as saying, everything which he says is my Arizal. So Mishnah Chassidim has it that one shouldn't have a haircut from a goy, etc. So we have here a, a, a Hidur, of course. Um, I once had a Shaila, I'm going to digress for a moment. I had a Shaila Shliach, he uh, asks me, he's somewhere in, in some Midwest in America, and he says, what do I do about it? He was a Shnas Avelus leider, Rahman Azlan. And um, there's a Shia that after you look, actually, Yigaru Bechaveiro, until someone says, you look, you look, you look like, like, like a tramp. So he says, uh, in my place, it's Kolamar Behareza Meshubach. What's that? Short, short haircut? Fuck yeah, this is the normal to have long hair. So I told him that Yigaru Bechaveirov doesn't mean your your Meshpoim in the base Chabad. In your Yigaru Bechaveirov is your colleagues, your peers, your Chaveirim who you learn together within 770. Those are your Chaveirim. And if you would look like a tramp in their eyes, that's the heter for you. So coming back to our point that, uh, okay, if he, I, I presume he would have to have a haircut by a Goyesh because there's no Yiddish Shabbos around there. Let's move on. This I got, someone knocked on the door on Motzah Shabbos. Um, someone knocked on, and he said he had made or heard of dollar, but he hadn't done my Does he have to say Atochen Antonu in Maidiv? Which is going to daven after Havdallah. So, in other words, he's, he's Havdallah already. Does he still have to do Havdallah again in davening? So, it's a Mufu. I told him right away that he does have to, but afterwards I uh, wanted to look it up and I'm sharing it with you. But, so, here we have from Alter Rebbe Shechnoruch, and that's Simeresh Sadik Dalit. The one who makes Havdallah uh, on a cup of wine before davening Maidiv, he still has to say, he still has to say, I'll skip the brackets then, that the original Zakona <coughs> was to make Havdola in, in davening. And therefore, although you made Havdola later, they were more uh, comfortable, they were able to afford to make Havdola in a cup of wine, but that doesn't detract from the original Zakona. The original institution was to make Havdola in davening, to say, so even if you said, Havdola with a cup of wine, you still say Atochin Antonu in, uh, in Shemona Estra. The next piece is actually quite uh, interesting. If a person for some reason overslept and he did not daven Maidu and Motzah Shabbos, and therefore at Shachris, he's going to say it's two Shemona Estras. So the second Shemona Estra is going to be the compensation for Maidu. 
So he would have to see Atuchenantonu in that second Shemun Esri. Let's move on. Right, so here's another discussion which I had this week about how does it work? So now we have here in the this is this is in Simon Kuflamad Aleph in Eirachaim the Dinim of Tachn. Now this is a quote from the Rambam actually. After the nefila of the prostrating oneself, which we do by um, lowering our head over our arms, arm, right or left arm, whatever. After nefilas apayim, yagbiya roishoy, you raise your head. You, you were your face was down, and now you raise your head. And then you will say a bit of supplications while seated. Fine. So we say tachnun nefilas apayim, sit up, say a few phrases, and then we stand up. I presume. Doesn't say how much, what to say while you're seated. And I have a problem with this, by the way. What do you do on Mondays and Thursdays? Because right after you've Nefilas you stood up for Vuhurachum. And that's actually very strong emphasis. You've written Shikhanor, very strong words that Vuhurachum has to be said standing. There's a word in Vuhurachum, there are inyonim which are greater than some stuff which we say on Yom Neiroim. It said every Monday and Thursday, therefore people don't give, give it the full seriousness, proper attention. Hurachim is a very exalted prayer. That I, I, I don't have an answer to. I heard that Abshol Marozov used to, at the end of Hurachim, he would sit down for Avinu Malkeinu Hakotze. But Roy Vanash, I have never, never seen this. And including the Rebbe, we didn't see him doing it either. Okay. Having said that, now Morgan Avram. Here we've got the Mogan Avra. Course of Bashalom. Roy Loimar Vanachnu Loineda Bishibo Manase Bamido Ushneyem Bekelrom. It looks like Nefilas Apaim is said quietly. And now you say Vanachnu Loineda Manase aloud, but then the Shalom quotes from an earlier source. He says it doesn't give an explanation. I looked it up in, in Shalom. That the words Vanachnu Leineda are said seated, Manase is said standing. Okay. So here, like we had before with the cookies, here we have a similar situation. We've got a Shukhan Aramo, and we've got a comment of the Morgan Avro. And this comment is not brought in the Alter Rebbe Shukhan So it's the, it's the same situation. We're going to read the Alter Rebbe in a moment. And I want to say is that in the Kohos Siddur, the annotated edition, it was included in the instructions, this bit about to rise by Vanachnu Leneida Manas. It was right, I don't remember the detail, but it's, it's mentioned over there. One of our Choshev Tamid HaChachom and Rabbonim in Yushalayim managed to read a bit of English, I guess. And he said, where did they get it from? The Alter Rebbe doesn't bring it. Held the Rebbe that also in the Kfachabad Siddur, which has got lots of notes. I find it actually very um, disturbing to have, as you're davening, got all those notes at the bottom. I'm sure you get used to it after a while to ignore the things. I mean, if you ignore Pirish Miller, so why should you be worried about a couple of notes at the bottom? Um, but but in the Kfachabad Siddur, they also write that the Rebbe would rise at this point, 
they would rise at Banach Manas. So now let's read the Alter and this, as I said, is the lost of the Rambam. After having had your face down, you raise your head up and you continue saying a bit of Tachanunim seated. It's word for word from the Rambam. Now, it's common to say the Manas. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask you, is he saying that the Minuk Poshut is to say seated, or is he saying the Minuk to say that Poshut? Now let's read further. And, and I'll, uh, at first it looks like he meant to say, say and you say Minuk to say the Poshut, but let's read further. What's the remez in the Poshut? The fish is What's happened? We've davened in all different formats. Be yeshiva. We've been davening seated, as in, I believe, Brichas Krishna. Over Amido. We've been davening Shemesha standing. Over in the Philosophy, we've prostrated ourselves. Kasha also Moshe Rabbeinu Olavar Sholem. Shenema vo'ei shevohor. I was seated. And it's interesting, the Altarebbe doesn't bring vo'anoichi amaduti, which is brought in the earlier sources. Vo'es napa lifnei Hashem. And I fell, I prostrated before Hashem. So we are emulating, seating, sta- seated, standing, prostrating. We have no, we've tried all different, different postures. So we declare, we don't, we don't know, we've done what we can. That's as much as we know. That is why we're saying the posture. So having now read it, I think, it's not coming to say that the Vanachnu Loineda has to be said seated. He's saying why we're saying Vanachnu Loineda, because we've tried these different positions. Now, back to the Minik, which the, the uh, Shalok quoting. Yeah, there is a something which said seated, and Vanachnu Loineda said seated. And, and in addition to what you were before, you were seated by Krishna. And Shwanessa, you were standing. So now in this posse also, you've got the variations of seating and standing. So, so coming back, having read the answer of the Rebbe to Rabbi Cohen, the fact that the Alter Rebbe doesn't quote this. So that's the answer to Monday and Thursday. So, no, it's not. That, that, that still remains a take for the moment. Meanwhile, what I'm saying is the fact that Al-Tarebbe doesn't bring this distinction of the, this extra, extra, uh, you know, which the Shalor quoted the Mogna from, in Ishkirai, that we don't follow it. That's the answer which the Rebbe said to Rabbi, Rabbi Cohen. The fact that Al-Tarebbe doesn't bring something, it doesn't mean he doesn't agree. And the word is then, then we say that the, on, on the poil we saw came by Kodesh Chazisicho, and the Rebbe was no to do it. And therefore, that's good enough for me to say that that is uh, the correct minig. And it's, why should the Chabad Davka be? It's enough with things where we're different to minig oilam. We follow minig oilam. Right. So now I see on the chat a later Lubavitch Siddur states not on Monday and Thursday. This cannot be due to the order even on other days. Right. Nusach Ashkenaz, they, they, they have a different order. For them, it's easy to work this out. And then in the Rebyakiv Emden Siddur, he says that the first part of Uhurachim is said standing, 
And then you've got the piyut of Hashem Olokei Yisroel, he says, from that point, you should be seated. So that's how he's Mekayim, the Indian of the Yishan Me'at Me'yushim. But as then, again, we have Maiserav, we see what the meaning has been, and Ruba Kekula Falanash have do not sit down after Wuhurachum. So that is the meaning at least in Chabad. It's fallen away. Fine. Diane. Go on. As, as you said, we even the Indian is loved after to sit and stand by Vanachnu Leneda. We're saying we've already sat down by no, sure. time. We stood up by, by Vurachum and we don't know what to do else. Yeah, but right. But then we've got this Mogadavron Bashem Mashalo. Now there is a minig right. by those words of Anachnu Leneda to say seated and Manasa to stand up. And so we follow that. that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, difficult question. A woman uh, tells me that she writes to me that her aunt lived to 98. She had for many years, she had a non-Jewish carer, very devoted. And the cousin, the daughter of this aunt had uh, a weakness for gambling and she was constantly in need of money. And she would go to this carer and the, this non-Jewish carer lent her more and more money. And now that the aunt has passed away, I guess there's an estate. And so now the, uh, the aunt is, uh, the sorry, the carer wants her money back. It's in quite a substantial sum, several thousand euros. And uh, the borrower is this, uh, as people never with addictions, is, is trying to get out of pain. And the, the, uh, the carer is going to this lady who asked me, she says, you know, you were involved, you saw, and um, she wants her to support her in court, etc. To get the um, to get the uh, the cousin the, the the borrower to pay what she's owed. So this is, she's asking what should be done, and so it is a difficult question because you're testifying for supporting a goy against the yid uh, in court, but you know that the goy is 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 is, is the honest is the uh, is the honest cause in the case. So I've got here a quote from Piskei Choshen. And he's quoting here from various sources, and he says about the Indian of Kiddush Hashem. And he writes the following. He's quoting here from Beira Goyla, uh, which is uh, from Rabbi Rifkus on the market, Martin Shukhanarov. And then he writes the following. It's already widespread the minik that the Anshe HaKohol Oimdim Al HaMishmar, that the people who are kind of in charge of the community will be on guard and alert not to allow people to, de to deceive uh, the people of the other nations, the Goyim, the Gentiles, and they would, they would announce and give permission to publicize the names of people who borrow, who take on credit or borrow and have no intention of paying. And what I said to her is, if you don't testify, then actually you are a accomplice to the dishonest behavior of your cousin. And of course, she's concerned that, that, that her, her relationship with her cousin has been strained all these years. And if she testifies against her, that will obviously make it much harder to ever reconcile. But on the other hand, I felt actually it would be a chil if she would turn around and say, I can't come, I can't testify. Because she's, the person says, you are an honest person. 
I was, and, and there is money in the estate, um, and I'm entitled to be repaid. And uh, so I felt that she had actually obliged to, to cooperate with this. Right. Um, finally, we have another couple of minutes, almost. Our last question here is about stocker funds. And so this base Chabad are, have a view for the future to, to set up a building. Meanwhile, they have, for their running costs, they have enough. So they're putting aside, they want to put aside funds for a future building project. What are now about investment? Now, when you go to invest money, you are given the options of high risk, low risk, medium risk. And so what's the story? So first of all, as an overall principle, is it a, a, appropriate to invest stock money rather than spending it um, on good things now? So here we have a letter of the Rebbe. In answer to your letter from your Gimel Tavis, since actually the year where I was born, I was born in Alf Tavis that year, that's your Gimel Tavis. In Verge Ifrekt Mein Meinuk, you're asking my, my, uh, um, my opinion about distributing the money of Tzedakah or make a long-standing uh, fund, which in other words, which will pay dividends, etc. So the Rebbe writes, generally it's more correct to distribute the money because then all the money will be used in, you know, bepoyal. As Chazal say, the Ebrister gives a person an uh, opportunity to do a mitzvah and one shouldn't delay doing so. In your case, um, it would be you're talking about uh, creating a fund and only the profits of the fund will be used for good things. So the Rebbe seems to be uh, more encouraging to use the money now for good things. And uh, what we understand very clearly is that Rebbe saw, sees investment in nefoshes. And so you've got here people, if you spend the money now, you'll be able to, on whether it's hafotza, whether it's chinuch, etc., you're going to invest in people. So instead of having the money invested in the bank and paying dividends, you'll you'll bring more people into Yiddishkeit. Okay, so that's 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 if there was the option of spending of, of spending it now, then that would be. But here it's here it's clearly for a building fund, which is a different story. It's clearly for long term. So then we back to our question: high risk or low risk? So here we have uh, in Shuchnaruch. It's talking about funds which belong to orphans. And then if Bestin would employ a, a um, commission, someone to be an apotropus, which means a guardian. And he writes here, um, she, that the probabilities should be that it's likely to be profitable and far from being coming to a loss, reaching to a loss. So perhaps it's not totally correct, but I think the high risk is means that there is a core of lahefsit. So my impression is, I might be wrong, I haven't got better sources than this. My impression was that it's not your funds, it's soccer funds and uh, it should be used, it should be put in low, perhaps maximum medium risk, but not in high risk because uh, you say it should be um, that's my impression. If someone who listens to this later will get back to me, I'll share with you the information next time around. 
And meanwhile, I wish you all a, uh, a, good, a good Nacht and a good Shabbos and Yeah, she cares. Cares, cares.